Well, hello there. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from Key Largo. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, we're a podcast about bartending and Keys life. And uh, I'm going to start at the beginning of the show this time. If you'd like to buy, uh, show your support for the Keys Bartender podcast, please go to keysbartender.com. Check out our gear for sale. It's powered by Shopify, and you'll find a lot of stuff that we have on sale. Uh, Keys Bartender. Uh, cups, mugs, uh, T-shirts, tank tops, and hats. And that's a little more cohesive, isn't it? On one of, a, I think it was two uh, episodes ago, I, I was going on and on about when to leave here for on a holiday weekend, like uh, the timing that you have to leave. And I'm saying just how to plan your trip when you need to go someplace. You know, if you're going up to the uh, airport or you're heading home, if you're like me, you don't like spending a lot of time in, in traffic. And it's all good, well and good, when you're stuck on the bridges over the water because if you're one of the people uh, comfortable on being bridges over the water, you get to see some beautiful sights. But most of the time, you're, you know, you just, you're on the road and you you know, you just see trees on the left and the right side. So you don't like to spend a lot of time stuck in traffic. And I told you how on Labor Day you should leave. If you're south, you should leave later and up north leave earlier. Well, I tried to game the system on Monday with the wife. We went down to Marathon from Key Largo. And we had a beautiful ride down and had a lovely lunch at the Sunset Grill, right near the Seven Mile Bridge. And you may ask, what? why do they call it the Seven Mile Bridge? Well, I'm not going to answer that, because that should be self-evident in the name. But we're at the Sunset Grill. It was a lovely day. And I had planned it. So we got on the road around 1230 we got there around 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock to be exactly. And we stayed there to 4.30. And we figured we'd start taking our time back. And I had figured, since it was blocked, you know, the traffic was crazy since 11 o'clock. It would start letting up by the time we got up north. Well, I miss, I miscalculated. It was a super busy weekend, I guess, all over. And... I just thought, oh, I, if I, we started out at one o'clock, got down at three o'clock, and by the time we get back, you know, up at five o'clock, that all the traffic would start getting back to normal. Well, I miscalculated. And it took us three hours on a trip that normally takes about an hour and 15 minutes. I thought it would take about two. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was about three hours. And uh, that bothered me a bit. And you know what? The ring thing that really bothered me is that we must have been right at the tail end. Because about 15 minutes from my destination, that's when all the traffic kind of let up. So all I had to do was wait another hour, maybe. So all that planning, you know, what did they say? Um, all the uh, of mice and men. You know, when you're planning, God, when man uh, plans or, or people plan, I guess that would be the appropriate way to say it, God laughs or the fate laughs, uh, fate, meaning our destiny laughs. 
Well, what I want to start talking about first, unless you're like a uh, an establishment, and I'm starting to talk about bars, obviously, establishment that's attached to maybe a Michelin three-star, which I, I'm pretty sure that's the top stars. You can get three, star, three stars. You always think it's four stars or five stars or something like that. I think Michelin's three stars. But it wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the research because it's something I should have known. Because I was always shocked when I saw the Michelin guide and said, oh, three stars is the top. Right? Let me double check. I'll check with Surrey. Hey, Surrey. What's the top rating you can get in the Michelin guide? Here we go. I found this on the web. Well, aren't you going to tell me, Surrey? Or do you have to be... What's it take to earn a star? What does it take to earn one star? Right? One star, I guess, is decent. They don't even rank. I guess they give you no no stars. Um, but here, it says using to get higher rating on Michelin Guide, you use quality products. That's number one. Mastery of flavor and cooking techniques. No, so you need to prepare the ingredients well. Personality of the chef in the cuisine. I guess you hope they're not manic or anything or, or homicidal. Value for your money. I didn't know that. Value is having a wow factor. I didn't think that was part of Michelin Guide because I don't think... Consistency of the food. That is always consistent. And is there anything else? No, that's it. Consistency of food, value, um, quality of the product, personality in the food... Blah, 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 all that stuff. Personality, that's a little creepy because personality can mean a lot to different people. But what I wanted to talk to you about, you see how the Michelin Guide uses its ranking. But, you know, if you are in an establishment that is not, let's say, perfect, it has been described by someone as a shithole because someone had a bad experience. Now, that shared belief goes up depending if you're more of the self-evident thing of being a shithole. Meaning, if it's a shithole, a lot of people are going to say it's a shithole. Or, you know, and I like using that term shithole. Because people say, "That's, that's a shithole. This is a shithole. This is a shithole. That's an old school way to say it, but I'm and I'm going to put it in the I'm going to put it in the episode. I'm going to say doo-doo orifice. But in order not to be a shithole, what do you need to do? And what makes you a shithole, right? And there are there's no uh, if you're a fan of Yelp and people say people always ask me, do you use Yelp? You like a Yelp uh, review? No, I don't like Yelp because I don't like the nature of Yelp. Yelp is more of a punitive stick instead of a carrot. Meaning if people say, I'm going to put a great review on you on Yelp. Well, people, no one really uses Yelp anymore. You don't hear about Yelp anymore. Some people are more likely to get, you know, just get their rating from their um, navigation app or something like that. There's a there is a possibility that Yelp is still being used, but I just don't hear about it anymore. And it's uh, just, I think people use it as more as 
a punishment instead of a reward. But what is a definition of a shithole? First of all, it's not clean. That would be the number one thing. And the people, obviously, when a place isn't clean, usually the people don't care for their hygiene. So the the hygiene and the, and the outfits are usually not clean. You can tell by the kind of clientele that it uh, gets. And uh, the consistency, and this is almost opposite to the uh, Michelin Guide. Now, they didn't mention that in the Michelin uh, ranking system, having a pristine surroundings, an ornate setting. So the finer your settings, the more bigger impression. Obviously, if you have a really beautiful setup and you serve horrible food, that just destroys the whole thing. But it may keep you from getting the very lowest of reviews, right? But what does that mean to a bar? Well, a bar is cleanliness. You have to keep your countertop clean. Relative, obviously, when it's really busy, it's hard to stay on top of that stuff. You know, in a less crowded environment, it's easier to keep a more pristine setting. So you keep your countertops, your flat tops, your chairs, everything you know, and it'd be nice if it was appointed and everything matched, all your bar stools matched, but you can't always do that. But keeping them clean is the first step. And then, and I'm not grading this in there. That's what they see first. But the, you also got to take care of your glasses to make sure they're clean. You know, if you have a bunch of dirty glasses, you find people asking for, you know, their wines. Could you leave that in a bottle? <laughs> you know, could you leave the wine in a bottle? I'll just drink directly from the bottle because I don't trust your glasses, you know. But cleanliness leads itself to thinking about your personal hygiene, the, the hygiene of your glasses, your mixers, your um, taking care of your decanters, what you're pouring from, your beer system, your soda gun, your ice bin, you know, they, people look, and they'll look at the floors, too. You know, if you feel, if they feel that old adage, you know, this place is so dirty, I had to wipe my feet on the way out. That means it's pretty slovenly kept, and you should try to make an attempt to stay on top of it. Like I said, when it's busy, it's really hard to do it, but showing an effort is really important. Having people watch you, I, I mentioned about keeping clean services, but having people watch you, if you have hand cleaning stations, go over rather frequently after you touch your face or any dirty glass or dirty plate or surface. Ha watch you clean your hands. That goes a long way to giving a different impression to people and not being that. Because you're going to get people to do that. And you also, one of the other things is, I work at a restaurant that used to be a, quite the hole in a wall. Quite the hole in a wall. It's still, it's still not, obviously, a three-star, but it's considered a good place to eat and clean. But I've been in there years ago when I used to go in there. It did not have a reputation for being clean. It's, it did have a reputation for having a good burger. But then again, for having a good burger, all you have to have is a grill top or griddle to make a decent burger. And, you know, you're taking 
ground meat and you're putting it on top of a flat surface. You take your, your buns out of the fridge or wherever you keep your bread and your cheese and all that stuff. And that's generally it. But if people get the idea that your place is not clean, it will it goes a long way to giving you that background story and becoming, you know, described as that place. You don't want to be described, right? Another thing, and everyone has to do this, is your restrooms. If people leave the restaurant and go to the construction site nearby to use a filthy porta pot because your bathrooms are disgusting, you may take that as a sign of pride sometimes. People, why people, you know, take pride in working in a shithole. I have no idea why they would. But keeping that bathroom clean. I mean, it's a hard work. And it takes a lot of sacrifice. But I'm telling you, you know, you got to take it. You got to make sure there's a lid on your tank. There's paper there. There's soap in the dispenser. And if you have a hand dryer, the hand dryer is working or there's paper towels there so people can wash their hands. And you got to go in there every so often and give it a once over. Yes, the more crowded this shithole, and if it's one of those popular drinking places, it can get filthy. It can get filthy. And you got to make an effort. You got to make an effort to take care of the, if there's graffiti going on. And you got to make sure that there's consequences for people doing things to make it less clean. You know, if someone trash, trashes your bathroom and stuff, it's a regular and say, well, they do it every so often. Yeah, you're going to have to ban them and stuff like that. You got to make examples of certain people. I know that's not necessarily what makes a bathroom dirty. A dirty is generally slovenly habits of not cleaning. And it's so important to do that. And it's important to have people that are willing to do that. You know, if your sink, if your toilet does not fill up quick enough and if people go in and in, you can end up getting a, you know, a clogged toilet. There's one of our local establishments in town where, uh, and I won't describe, but they will know, people will know, and it has a reputation. It's not... I wouldn't call it a shithole. It's just more of a traditional, I'd call it more, I have a word for it. They call it more, let's say, bare bones or rustic, a rustic, a rustic situation. But they have a toilet and a urinal and there's no partition there. But two people have gone in there. You've had three people in there. So you have one person peeing in the sink, one person peeing in the, Yeah, I know. It's gross. It is gross. But once you see someone do something, you just got to stop it. You know, and it, I know it sucks for crowded places. They got to have respect for your bathrooms. And generally it starts when you have, when you show an effort, people are more likely to treat it differently. When it is dirty, if the uh, lid to your trash can is filthy, and it's one of those ones that you got to push through to throw the paper in, they're more likely to throw the paper on the ground. And when you have paper on the ground, people are less likely to show respect. Show respect. You know, if the sink's dirty and filthy and there's no soap, then people get the impression that the workers aren't washing their hands when they go to the bathroom. And that's a pretty good impression to get. 
meaning it's not good for you, but that's a pretty accurate impression to get. So it all feeds down. So people come in and they see you picking up the trash. But if they see a piece of garbage in front of the sink and it's there all night, it leaves an impression. You know, I think most people would make the understanding and say, oh, this just happened. Someone came in here and they cleaned it up. But you got to get on that. You can't leave it. You can't leave it. Just like you wouldn't do it at your... I mean, you shouldn't be doing that on your bar. Someone breaks a glass, you got to get in there and clean it. Someone breaks a glass near your eyes, obviously for not just hygiene purpose, for health purposes, you got to clean that up. Can't do it. And like I said, your personal hygiene is so important. You got to look like you take a bath. You got to look like you, you've done something to your hair to keep it... Uh, manageable, groomed. If you wear your hair long, there's ways to wear it long, neat, right? And if you're handling food a lot, you want to, you know, kind of use whatever it takes so it's not flying all over the place. People don't take kindly to having hair in their food or their cocktail or their ice. So, and your clothes, making sure they're clean. Now, after working a night, I had I, I have a tendency, and people ask me, why do I wear dark gray and black shirts? Because when I pick up bus pants, sometimes, you know, I, get, I keep all the plates there, and I try to get the stuff out before it's, you know, too, too loaded. So my uh, coworkers don't have to pick up a heavy bus pan from underneath, and the person in the washing dishes in the kitchen isn't overwhelmed all at one time. But when I'm picking up, sometimes it rubs up against my shirt. And if I'm wearing a light shirt, it rubs off there. But that's towards the end of the night. People are gonna they're gonna be act a little more civilly to you. But when they come in the first time, the first couple hours, if you can, if it's not that busy, you better look like you've been recently washed. And it all goes to caring. It's keeping the windows clean, it's dusting the fans. It's making sure that she, uh, that your chairs don't have the upholstery ripped up. Your tables aren't all rickety. Now you can have a little, you know, and you could be, yeah, you can sh- put those little shims underneath. But there's also feet that can be ingested, little pads at the foot of those things. And all these things, making an effort to be comely or, you know, not dirty, not disorganized, clean, hygienic. All that goes to a long way. And you heard in the Michelin Guide being consistent, the consistency with the cleaning. So you're not going one day, it's filthy and it's not. Obviously at a nine o'clock on a Saturday night when it's super busy may not be the best time to judge a place. But maybe 11.30 in the morning on Saturday would be. And if you stay on top of a place that starts out clean, it'll never look like it's deeply filthy. You know, there's always when you look in the corners and stuff like that, that people that don't sweep all the way to the corners. You have a build up there and you always have the build up in the weakest places and give the wrong impression. People will zone in on one thing. So always take care of that worst thing. If you have a 
yes, a boogie hanging out of your nose, that's the worst thing. You got to take care of that and then you got to wash your hands, right? You got to get it out of there. So that's the way you should look at your spaces. You look at it with fresh eyes and you say, what has to be taken care of here first? It could be you, it could be your surfaces, it could be your glasses. So take care of it. Don't be a shithole. Moving on. Once again, you want to be able to present yourself now in the best manner possible. You don't want to be considered, let's say, we, we all have a tendency to let ourselves go sometimes. And we don't even feel it happening. We don't feel it as a drain. We don't feel it as a lessening of worth. But it just happens. Do that sometimes. Gauge your feelings. Try to gauge your feelings. And when you're, when you, if you wake up in the morning and eat right, shower, make your bed, and wear an, a nice outfit, right? You're all groomed and all ready to go. How do you feel about yourself? Or don't make your bed. Don't clean your house. Now, if you don't ever clean your house, you don't know what it's you don't know what it's like when it's neat. Just think about when everything, when you have everything together, how do you feel about yourself when you're well put together and you're doing those things? You're doing the proper care, the proper hygiene habits, the proper health habits, the proper nutritional habits, proper sleep, proper maintenance. And I just don't mean maintenance to cutting your nails and your hair and your nose hair and your ears hair and, 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 and being clean. I'm talking about even doing some, I know it's going to pain you for to hear this, taking care of yourself physically like being, uh, working out on a regular basis. When you do those self-care items, People see that you're trying to do that. Now, some people mistake spending, and I don't want to be too hard on ladies, but spending two hours putting on your makeup and taking care of your hair. Yes, that is important. But if you don't bathe and groom, and obviously take care of your excess whatever you know, hair you want to take care of and nails and, and you don't take care of your clothes and don't take care of the environment you're surrounded in, right? It all, it, it kind of blurs everything. You need to do a full, you know, work, focusing on one thing. Well, yeah, it'll address that one thing. But you are more than your makeup. You're more than your hair. You're more than your nails. You're also what you eat, what you do, what you read. You got to think of a full court press when you're taking care of yourself. You got to take care of your surroundings. You're thinking of the car you're driving in. Every so often, I've been guilty of that too, where I would just take, you know, There'll be junk on the floor. I'm not, I've had some pretty dirty cars before, but I've been in cars that were dirtier. 
where there are tons of paper, tons of disused coffee cups, food wrappers, all over. And I know you think, well, I'm perfectly fine with that. Well, you know why you're perfectly fine with that? Because you become accustomed to it. You become accustomed to it. The reason why they have these shows like, um, the, you know, the hoarding shows, if you think about it. Every so often, you could have a hoarder who's well put together, right? Every so often, but it's a rarity. Normally, it does shine through. And it's so funny that way, if you reflect on the things, if I reflect on the things my grandmother said, you know, your underwear, take care of your underwear. Yeah, it it does. If you know your clothes underneath are filthy, it could affect the way you care for everything else. You know, would you would you buy a brand new suit if you're and like a beautiful suit? It fits great. Would you put on filthy underwear underneath, or would you not bathe? Would you put it on not being bathed when you have a clean outfit? No. Would you not comb your hair if you're putting on a tuxedo or do something with it? If you're, you're, you know, your style is not combing your hair um, and it's by design, there's a possibility, yeah, yeah, it may work. But let's say 99% of the people, you got to do something about it. Wash your face, shave, do whatever. But you do feel better. And it's, it's avoiding self-neglect. Thinking about all the things you need to do in order to do that. And for me... Um, part of it, like I'll tell you my routines, part of it is going to my meetings, making sure I'm somewhat, uh, you know, my baseline of, let's say, mental health is making sure I'm good with my family and my friends and my work, my loved ones, and then my surroundings, making sure I make my bed before I leave for the day. Before I shower, my, my routine is like that. It's like right around the time I shower is the time I make my bed. And I shower first thing in the morning. Now, my wife gets into that a lot of times, or sometimes I get to do that. But either way. And then I make sure that all my clothes is uh, ready for the, you know, ready for the day. Dirty clothes goes in the hamper. If there's clothes to be washed, I bring that out and fold it, blah, 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 and do that. Eat. Right? If I'm going someplace and I know I'm not going to be able to eat and I want to make sure I have stuff, I'll pack a couple snacks or sandwich or anything. That's self-care. Make sure I take all the medication I'm supposed to take. Hopefully, you know, when I get my review, my doctor's not going to have me on lots of extra medication. But I make sure I eat something. Make sure I don't have too much coffee. Check my clothes once again. Make sure I have my, my phone and all that. And if I have time, I would have been dressed for the gym. I go to the gym and have time to come back, come home, and change a shower. Or I bring the clothes with me. But that's all the, my routine to get myself, my head right. And thinking about the things that I'm happy about in the day if I'm not feeling so hot. Like I might not felt so hot before I did this podcast. 
But I know that doing the podcast and thinking and fleshing these things out uh, make me feel better. It reinforces those beliefs I have that I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my uh, the steadiness of my mental outlook, uh, my nutrition, my health, my fitness, my and I did I did say hygiene, but clothes. My I guess the French word would be habilement. H a b i l e m e n t. My dress, the way I'm dressed. I know. I, it's, sometimes I can't even find the words, but I find a word and it's a foreign word. And I, I don't, I, who knows? So before you start going down that road where you're not feeling so hot about yourself, do something. If, you're, if you start feeling a little uh, horrible about yourself, do one thing for yourself. One thing that you don't normally do for yourself. If you're depressed and you say, oh, my breath stinks and this and that, well, maybe you should stop smoking. Right? If your teeth are discolored, maybe some, get yourself some uh, toothpaste, this brightening toothpaste and stuff. Check out the doctor. Get some whitening strips. Stop drinking black coffee or brushing your teeth right away after you drink coffee and use a certain type of mouthwash that doesn't damage your enamel but helps you. Do that. And it's all things you do for yourself. And these little things you do for yourself. Yes, you may think, oh my God, one thing will not do it for me. I said you are doing something for yourself. If you if your psyche realizes you're trying to do something for yourself, it will aid you. It will aid you in feeling better about yourself. Like it did today when I said, you know what? I just have to do a podcast. I got to think of something that would be helpful to the listener and to me. And I'll go ahead and do it because I get kind of stuck. Tomorrow's my first day back at the gym where I get clearance for it. And I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And today, I, you know, I'm doing what I can for myself mentally, even if I can't. I mean, I'll do some push-ups. I'll do some sit-ups. I'll roll out my back, you know, so it's nice and loose. And I'll be ready for work. And you know what? My psycho kicked back and say, "Well, listen, Jim. I see. I see that you're trying to do this stuff to to feel better about yourself, and I'll reward you to that. I'll release. I'll release some more serotonin. And that's how it works for me. Now, <clears throat> is this a recipe for everyone else? Maybe not. And if you're having problems with it, maybe you need to seek some more formal help. You know. You know, professional." I don't want to have to spell it out to you. And there's a lot of different options. You get it online. There's some uh, more reasonable options than before. And you know what? It's money well spent when you're trying to take care of yourself. Even if it's a, a placebo effect. You know what the placebo effect? They do this in, in drug studies where they have a control group. And the control group um, will be people that... Um, you know, you have, let's say you're taking a drug that reduces cholesterol. And you'll have one group um, that will be uh, living their life as normal, not doing anything to control their cholesterol. Uh, and two groups that are supposedly on medication. One that's on the tested medication, the one they're testing for, and one that's given a placebo. 
and they want to disregard the placebo effect and see what happens. See if just a belief that your cholesterol will go down to see if, at least if the, it'll prove that the one they're doing a test on is actually having a, an effect on it. And if the people think that they're having, uh, it's not just they're thinking that they have one. Yes, I know. But the placebo effect does work for your psyche, though. It does work for your psyche. Now, if you have any medical issues and th- deep-seated ones, you may have to get, like I said, you have to get a real help, not a placebo help. So most of that, the placebo effect will help for you. And then there's actually tangible things that you are doing that to help yourself, like being taking care of yourself, um, presenting a, a fresher face forward, uh, preparing for the day, and all that will get you ready for it. Will get you ready for a better attitude and not to get into the dumps. Also, I'm going to be wrapping that up now. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you like the Keys Bartender uh, podcast and you want to support us, please go to keysbartender.com. Check out our gear, hats, uh, T-shirts, tank tops, uh, water, you know, water mugs, wine goblets, uh, coffee mug, and uh, it, all, it all goes to supporting the show. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Bye.